Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. Today is a little bit of the March Madness, Sweet 16, Thursday night recap, and the Saturday Elite Eight preview. What is going to be a fun episode. Lots of good matchups. Lots of surprising endings to the Thursday night games as Kansas State wins in overtime versus Michigan State, 98-93. Then you had UConn and Arkansas. UConn took care of business, winning 88-65. FAU making a surprise. Tennessee was supposed to be the winner. But FAU, moving on to the Elite Eight, wins 62-55. And the final night game of the Thursday night was Gonzaga-UCLA. What a matchup. What a showdown. Gonzaga ending the game on a Villanova-style win. I mean, just what an what an incredible ending. So, we're talking about Michigan State, Kansas State. This game was wild, all the way down to the wire. I mean, both teams neck and neck the whole time. And what just what a crazy what a crazy matchup, man. So from field goal, Kansas State shot thirty eight out of sixty eight, and Michigan State was thirty one of sixty three. Field goal percentage, Kansas State fifty five percent from the field to Michigan State, 49%. Three-pointers, Michigan State had a 52% from three-point range to Kansas State, 45. Free throws, Kansas State has 11 of 16 on free throws to Michigan State, 18 of 22. I mean, 18 out of 22, that's, that's pretty good, man. That's still a good amount of free throws to make. It is. I mean, that's 81%. That's good. Michigan State out-rebounded Kansas State, 37 to 31. They had less assist. Then Kansas State, 26-18. to 18. Steals, big impact by Kansas State having 10 steals to 2 steals by the Spartans. Blocks, though. Michigan State had 6 blocks to Kansas State's 3 blocks. Total turnovers, There's the here's the biggest difference. 13-5. to five. Mich- Michigan State had 13 turnovers to Kansas State's 5. And fouls, 24 fouls committed by Kansas Kansas State to 16 by Michigan State. You look across the board, Matt, Michigan State played a heck of a good game. Michigan State did play a good game. The only thing they didn't do well was was the to- was the total turnovers. I mean, outside of that, they played outplayed Kansas State in everything. For Kansas State to still manage to get the win, I mean, that's incredible. It was a good win. It was. So... Definitely, definitely a good game. That was, that was probably the best game of the day, in my opinion. I know the Gonzaga UCLA game was good, but that game, to go down the wire like that, to go to overtime, 
in case they to be able to pull that out. Yep. I mean, that that's awesome. Now UConn and Arkansas. The the, the blowout of the night. Listen, UConn took care of business. I thought they would, man. UConn, my Final Four prediction. They're one of the members. It, it, they're going to be hard to beat, man. From the field goal percentage, UConn shot 57% to Arkansas is 31%. Three-point percentage, UConn 45% from three to Arkansas is 31. Free throw percentage, UConn at 81% from the free throw line to 74% from Arkansas. Rebounds, UConn out-rebounded Arkansas 43-31. to Assist. UConn had 22 assists to Arkansas seven. 7. Steals. Arkansas had 8 steals to UConn 7. Blocks. 3 blocks by UConn. 2 by Arkansas. Total turnovers. Here's the guy. This is the crazy stat, though. UConn had 17 total oh. turnovers to Arkansas's 10, and they both committed 19 fouls for team-wise. UConn outshot, out-rebounded, had more assists, had... One more block. They beat them by 23 points. I mean, they went in there and put on a clinic, man. They really did. They beat down Arkansas. I thought this matchup was going to be a little bit closer because Arkansas had seen that level of competition, had played teams like that, like Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee. I mean, those teams were nothing to sleep on. UConn, however, played in a weaker Big East conference, and they put on a show and a clinic they are going to be a hard team to beat, and I don't know how, if they're playing like that, how if anybody's going like to beat that, them. It's going to be rough. It's going to be hard to beat if they play like they did last night. We'll talk a little, now we'll talk a little bit about FAU, Tennessee. Tennessee, in my own opinion, was kind of lucky to make it this far. Yes, they did win their second matchup, but they should have lost to Louisiana Lafayette. In this matchup versus FAU, FAU... Field goal percentage, 42% to Tennessee's 33%. Three-point percentage, 29% from three from FAU to 26.1 from Tennessee. Free throw percentage, 75% from FAU to Tennessee's 58%. Rebounds, 40 rebounds by the Owls to the Volunteers, 36. Assist, both had 12. Steals, Tennessee had seven steals to one steal. Oh. Blocks, FAU had one more block, 2-1 to one on Tennessee. Total turnovers, FAU had 12 turnovers to Tennessee's 6. Fouls, Tennessee had 18 to FAU's 14. To have 12 turnovers, like UConn having 17, and still to be able to win. I mean, what is this craziness to have less turnovers to it's have... It's not craziness, it's madness. I mean, it's March madness. It's just crazy. To have less turnovers and less steals than Tennessee. Yeah. And still to be able to pull off a win. I mean, that that's crazy. So, I didn't see FAU making it this far. I didn't no. think they were going to beat Memphis. And now they beat Tennessee, moving on to the Elite Eight. And what a great win for them. I don't know if it's going to get any easier for them. Because, you know, the competition's getting harder every game they're playing. So, maybe FAU will surprise somebody and make Final Four. But they're going to have a... Dominant elite matchup in the Elite Eight. They're going to have a tough matchup to face. And the final game of Thursday night, the Thriller. The most hyped-up game of the Thursday night showdown. Gonzaga versus UCLA. 
two dominant premier basketball schools. In this game, Gonzaga, from the field goal percentage, shot 50% to UCLA's 41%. The three-point percentage, UCLA shot 38% to Gonzaga's 37 Free throw percentage, 81% from the free throw line by UCLA to, to Gonzaga's 52%. Rebounds, Gonzaga had 50 rebounds to UCLA's 26. Assist, both teams had 14 assists. Steals, UCLA had 8 steals to Gonzaga's 2. Blocks, UCLA had 4 blocks to Gonzaga's 3. Total turnovers, 16 by Gonzaga and only 6 by UCLA. Apparently the more time you turn the ball over, the better chance you got winning the game. And fouls, both committed 15. Every team we've really mentioned has had more turnovers against the other opponent and still, still won the won. game. That makes no sense to me. And UCLA shot 16 free throws and made 13, while Gonzaga only Gonzaga shot 17 free throws and only made 9. And they still managed to win this game. That is absolutely insane. Now, what was cool about it was Gonzaga goes down to the wire, and they basically did the Villanova pass. They, they passed the ball back out, and he shot a 3 and just made it. And then they run back, UCLA runs back the other way, and it was blocked out of his hands. And that was it. That was the game right there. So what a great matchup. Kind of disappointed. I kind of picked UCLA to win this game, even though I thought Gonzaga would be a really tough opponent this year. After last year, after seeing UCLA lose in the same position last year, I thought, you know, they're, they're going to ramp it up this year. They're definitely yeah. they're not going to lose this game. That's not happening. And it happened, man. Gonzaga... It Definitely. was a good game. I mean, it was Dude, a high-intensity game. Let me tell you, that Drew is it Drew Timmy that plays for Gonzaga? It's either Drew Timmy or he plays for UConn. I can't, it is Drew Timmy who plays for Gonzaga. Yeah. Drew Timmy is a superstar. 36 points, 13 rebounds, 1-1. He only took one three-pointer the entire game and shot 16 <laughs> times from the field. And had 36 points leading this Gonzaga team over the hump. While Jaquez Jr. had 29 points for UCLA, 11 rebounds, and made 12 field goals. So, Gonzaga and Drew Timmy, man, I mean, this guy is just special. He's going to be... And he scored ha- almost half of Gonzaga's points. I mean, that think That's about wild. that. That's just wild for, you know, they're relying on Drew Timmy. He's got to be... He's good. He's got to be the enforcer for this team. He's got to be the guy who's going to make the results and make things happen. And so, what a great game by Gonzaga. You know, moving on to the Elite Eight. Definitely uh, definitely some a good matchup. And a great game. For me, I wish it was a little bit different, but it is what it is. Congratulations, Gonzaga. We'll be seeing you in today's game. I will read off the Friday games of the games that were played. It was Alabama, San Diego State, Houston, Miami, Creighton, Princeton, and Xavier in Texas. Some pretty good matchups. We do record on Friday, so we cannot really speak on these games. Now moving into the Elite Eight, man. Two matchups, two great matchups. Man, this is going to be my favorite matchup of all time. We will get to it here in just a minute. We're going to talk about FAU and Kansas State. Kansas State... 54% chance to win this game. As team stats overall, 
FAU scores more points per game with 78 to Kansas State's 76. Defensive-wise, how many points did they allow? FAU only allows 63 points per game to Kansas State's 75. Field goal percentage, both at 46. Rebounds per game, FAU has 38 rebounds the ball 38 times per game to Kansas State's 35. Assists per game, Kansas State's averaging 17 assists this season to FAU's 14. The assists, are, I believe, are a big factor. Both average about two blocks per game, and Kansas State averages almost eight steals per game to FAU's six and a half. I mean, there's not much more to say about this matchup. And what I mean by that is, I don't know who's going to win. There's a lot of people saying that Kansas State shouldn't have beat Michigan State. There's a lot of people saying that Tennessee shouldn't have lost to FAU, or Memphis shouldn't have lost to FAU. I mean, these two teams... As you know, they are not the real underdogs of this year, right? But they are surprising matchups. They're a surprising team. Like, nobody would have picked Kansas no. State and FAU to make it this far to the Elite Eight. And it was even crazier. One of these teams is going to the Final Four. One of these teams right here is going to make the Final Four. That's wild. Nobody would have predicted that. No. Probably outside of their own fan bases, maybe. Maybe their own fan bases predicted that. But nobody was predicting Kansas State was going to make it farther than the Kansas Jayhawks. No. Nobody's predicting that ever. Yeah, never. So for this to happen, this is new. This is shocking. and This is going to be a wild matchup. Yeah, we're definitely going to see a good Final Four matchup as one of these teams is going to make it and one of these teams is sadly going to go home. If I had to pick a team for this matchup, I might have to roll with FAU. That's what I'd go with. They have been doubted the whole way this far, and they've overcome every single time. So I don't see how you cannot pick them. But I also can see how people can pick Kansas State after the way they played Michigan State, after the way they finished that game out. That was a good game last night. I mean, so Kansas State, this is going to be a fun matchup. I'm not going to give any my own personal predictions because, ladies and gentlemen, I can't really tell you who's going to win this game. And I have a good feeling Matt feels the exact same way as I do. It, it, it's a toss-up. It is. It, it's a 50-50 it's right down the middle. Good, it's going to be a good game, but yeah, it, that's, a hard one, that, that's a hard one to pick. It really is. It really is going to be a real tough game. Now, my favorite matchup of the entire tournament right now. UConn and Gonzaga. Two top dogs. UConn been playing the lights out. Gonzaga getting a clutch win over UCLA to make it this far. In this game, UConn is the favorite, minus two on the spread. As team stats-wise, UConn only scores 78 points per game to Gonzaga's 87. Defensive-wise, UConn only allows 61 points per game to Gonzaga's 75. Field goal percentage. Gonzaga is shooting 52% from the field this year to UConn's 46. Rebounds per game. UConn gets 39 rebounds per game to Gonzaga's 37. Assists per game. UConn gets 17 assists per game to Gonzaga's 16. Blocks per game. UConn almost has 5 blocks to Gonzaga's 3.5. And, and steals per game. Gonzaga has 7.5 to UConn's six and a half. If you really look outside the points, not right. talking about the points. You gotta look at something else too. Okay. Gonzaga's on a twelve 
win streak right now. But the way UConn played last night, it's going to be real hard to beat UConn. Well, if you look back in this... But I'm going to go. I'm going to take Gonzaga. So, let's look back at this 12-game win streak, right? They're not good wins. They're not big wins. The only team they played up to the final... Up to the uh, March Madness, the only team that was really great was St. Mary's. They beat St. But Gonzaga blew out St. Mary's in the conference championship 77-51. Then they played Grand Canyon in the first round. Then they played TCU. Almost lost to TCU. Yeah. Played UCLA. Almost lost to UCLA and probably should have lost to UCLA. They had a good lucky three. Now you're playing a dog right here who nobody... I had not heard before the season that they were going to make Final Four. They played in the semifinal game versus Marquette and lost in their own conference. Then they played Iona. Through the first half of that game, Rick Pitina had Iona neck and neck with UConn. Then they played St. Mary's. And UConn, just the same way Gonzaga did in the conference championship, took care of business, winning 70-55. to Then they beat down Arkansas. They They didn't just... Beat Arkansas. They beat them down. And you know what? They committed more turnovers in the act and still beat them down. Now you're talking about playing UCLA, playing uh, Gonzaga. So that you talk about playing Gonzaga. But if you have those turnovers like you did last night against Gonzaga, I don't think it's going to go in your favor. You might not get as lucky. Well, I mean, if. It's going to be. This is going to be the best game so far. If you look at it. Both teams last night on turnovers. Gonzaga committed 16 turnovers. I know. UConn committed 17 turnovers. So they both committed that many turnovers. The difference was UConn slaughtered Arkansas. Yeah. And Gonzaga squeaked by UCLA. Now, UCLA's on a different stratosphere than Arkansas. We both can agree on that. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that's a completely different game. And people would say, well, Gonzaga had the harder matchup. They did have the harder matchup, but they won a buzzer beater. Here, here's my biggest question. They won by three. They beat TCU, who's a pretty good team in the Big 12. They beat UCLA. They've played some pretty good competition and tough competition. But both those games are three-point games. My biggest question is, are they going to have the energy to compete with UConn all night? And UConn beating teams down the way they have. Are they going to be able to maintain that energy? I mean, they get one day off. Are they going to be able to maintain that energy to take on a UConn team like that? A UConn team who is versatile, who can shoot the ball well, yeah. who, who's been you know, elite up to this point. A lot of people think they shouldn't have lost to Marquette. And ever since they lost to Marquette, they've been getting better. They've gotten a lot better. They they're fu- better. They're fully healthy now. And so... I mean, every one of UConn's wins in the past five in the past in their past five wins have been over what 10, 15 points. Yeah, I mean they're here to play. <laughs> they're they're just going to be a competitive team overall. Everybody they play outside of Marquette, they beat down, and Marquette's not here anymore. So I think UConn could win this game. I'm picking UConn to win this game. I just I don't. UConn should win this game, hands down. UConn should. And especially if they play the way they played last night, there is no reason they should lose this game. But 
What's more fun Don't about slouch on Gonzaga? I'm telling you. Yeah, but what's more fun about this matchup is look how look at the team stats. Outside the points, right? Oh yeah. This team is even neck to neck. Yeah. Outside of the points and the field goal percentage, this team is even neck to neck. They rebound almost the same. They almost have the same assist. They have the almost almost same, ex- almost same steals. So outside of shooting, which we all know by the way, that Drew Timmy for Gonzaga has a big you know, is a big part of yeah. why Gonzaga's stats are so high. But UConn works just as well as a team. Now, they don't have a player that stands out the most, but in their matchups... But they all can shoot. They all can shoot. They're all competitive. And against Arkansas, for example, UConn, three of their, three of their top five starters had over 10 points. Yeah. Hawkins... Had 24 points, 3-9 from the field. You had Sonogo, who had 18 points. You have Caravan, who had 11. And I, if you look at, actually, UConn's games, look how deep their roster is. Yeah. Their roster is insanely deep. Like, I don't know if I've seen a real deep roster like this before. I mean, it, it, I mean what are we looking at here? We're, we're talking over 10 dudes on the bench. Like... That's absolutely insane. They have enough guys to be healthy. They have enough guys to give rest. I don't know if Gonzaga has that same type of depth that can help them in this matchup. Yeah. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a really fun matchup. Regardless of who we both pick, this matchup is going to be one you want to watch. And especially if you are trying to get into basketball or want to be a, you know, a watcher in March Madness, this is the game right here. This is the game to watch. This is going to be the game that you're going to want to tune into. We're talking about Hawkins versus Drew Timmy. Sonoga versus Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy is that guy for Gonzaga. UConn has more versatile players. They have, you know, players that are that score at different times, have both had different games, but Drew Timmy is that dude for Gonzaga. And if you want to see a future NBA player in the making, Drew Timmy is the guy you want to watch. If you want to watch another one, watch Brandon Miller at Alabama. I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. Those two dudes right now are definitely going to be in the first-round draft this year. I mean, it's just they both play insane. So this is going to be the matchup you want to watch. If you want to know who is favored in this matchup, UConn is favored at 57% to beat Gonzaga at 42%. So they are picking UConn to make... It passed Gonzaga, but Gonzaga could surprise people. It's going to be a closer game than you than everybody thinks it's going to be. Oh, it will be. I mean, there's some people that are going to think that because everybody says it's a close game, it's going to be a blowout. I don't see a blowout in this game. I don't see a blowout in this at all, man. Because for UConn, this isn't like anybody else they played. This is a team that's going to fight back. They're the team that's going to push back. And Gonzaga is going to be that team that's going to keep it neck and neck. But what's going to be... More interesting is the experience that Gonzaga has played in the last couple games. Is it going to make a difference with UConn? Are they going to be able to get separation on UConn? Or is UConn going to be there because of the depth they have, the you know beating down the teams the way they did? You know that they're not getting all those minutes. Those starters are not playing every single minute. So are they going to have the rest and the energy to be able to put up this fight? And I, I'm not... I'm not too sure. This is all going to depend on how they come out and play. 
but I believe this is going to be a great game. It has potential to be better than some of the Final Four games. It really does. Yeah. I mean, this game would be a perfect Final Four game. Oh, this yeah. game would be yeah. a perfect national championship game right here. I know, it's in the Elite Eight. I, know, I know everybody wants to talk about you know the big conferences. The smallest conferences in college basketball are the best teams to watch. So, for example, UConn, Gonzaga, Creighton, Xavier. Four teams right now who are in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. These are the teams you want to watch. Now, Creighton, Xavier. They both could be eliminated by the time this show comes out. But I am still speaking on the fact that those small schools are a big impact to the sport of this game. Oh, definitely. They are the teams that don't play anybody, but when they show up in March Madness, they beat everybody. Nobody can beat them down. They are some of the most competitive games ever. Now, the Power Five is kind of crazy. They don't have any power in this this league, in college basketball. None of the Power Five does. You you, you got to stand back. Look where Alabama's at. And we talked about this last week. Alabama, it's wild. They're even up there right now. Alabama is the remaining SEC team yeah. right now. Yep. And for the Big 12 would be Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And think about it for a second, Matt. Those two conferences were the most dominant this year in yeah. basketball. you got teams like Houston still around. You've got UConn and Gonzaga still around. You've got Princeton still in it. We're talking about smaller schools that are still involved in this. I'm, what I'm what what I mean when you watch college football, you there is a know who's gonna win. you know what conferences are going to be there. Yep. You know exactly who's going to be there. Then no, nobody expected TCU to make the national championship game this year. Outside of that, though, that's been the first time in a while we have seen something like yeah. that for college basketball. Though for March Madness, this isn't and this isn't news right here. No, this, this is, is a typical thing that happens. These small schools are dominant, and the only one. That I have noticed that is not here is Villanova. They're the different chapters. All it is in college basketball. So all the small schools get dominant basketball teams. I mean, people talk about North Carolina. We talk about Duke and the ACC. I mean, the ACC has been a powerhouse yeah. for basketball too. But this is my favorite matchups: the small schools. Oh yeah, the small schools because they have so much talent. They really do. They they recruit so well in basketball, and their coaching staffs are just phenomenal. They're phenomenal. They're off the charts. And Gonzaga's guy's been there a while. U- UConn's dude's been there a while. I mean, these yeah, these coaches have been around the block, and they're hungry and they're they want to prove something for their school. This is a time for them to win national championship, and they have the most belief that they can win the national championship. Yeah, because of of history. I mean, Gonzaga's always in this mix. Villanova went what they won two in five years or something like that, or two in four years. Two in four years. So it was, that, that's crazy that yeah. you win two in four years. So I'm excited to see these matchups, and it's going to be a fun Elite Eight. Like I said, we don't have Sunday's games for the Elite Eight. We don't know who's going to win yet because of the time of this recording. But I guess it, it might not matter for tomorrow, Matt, but you could mention your four winners, who you think is going to come out in Friday's games, even though... We might be wrong. We might both be wrong. That's fine. But we still can just at least, you know, mention our four winners that we had for the that we picked for that game. I mean Alabama. Okay, that's your first one against San Diego State. 
Alabama's sucks. That's my take for that game. The Miami-Houston game, the Hurricanes have been playing good. Their women's basketball team is playing good. The Hurricanes are a force to be reckoned with this March Madness. But I'm still on the Houston bandwagon. I've, I've said that from the very beginning, first round. The Princeton game, I would love to see Princeton win. Do I see it happening? No. And then the Xavier-Texas game, that's going to be a good game. Who do you think going to win that game? Horns down. Going horns down? I'm going horns down. Those are some good picks, you know. So for his picks, is Alabama, Houston. Would you say Princeton and? I would love to see Princeton win. I don't see it happen. I mean, you know that. Like you just said, Creighton is one of these teams that it's a small. I mean, Princeton Grant is a small school, but they've been on this stage before, and that's the thing. But if Princeton would actually make it to the Elite Eight, it would be phenomenal for their school and their fan base. It would. That would be cool. And he picked the Longhorns to finish out the Friday game and move into the Sunday Elite Eight. I'm going to go with Alabama. I pick Alabama because of their size, because of their shooting, because of the way they've been rebounding. San Diego State's played a pretty good... They've played pretty good teams this year. They've, They've been good. Throughout this tournament, I just don't see them going by Alabama right now. Not the way Alabama is playing. For the Princeton Creighton game, I'm gonna go Creighton. If you can shoot 22 free throws and make 22 free throws, you're gonna you can beat anybody. I don't I, I don't care who what you say. I don't care if you have you know Kevin Durant on the Texas Longhorns. You're not. And I'm talking about a prime Kevin Durant right now. It doesn't matter if you can shoot 22 free throws and make 22 free throws. You're gonna be unbeatable. I mean that's just how it is. For Xavier, Texas, I'm going to go Xavier. Yes, I do like Texas. Yes, I think Texas is a very good team. But Xavier, a small school again, for example, definitely can put up a fight. And they score more points than Texas does every game. They shoot better from the field goal percentage. They out-rebound. They get more rebounds than Texas does every game. They get three more assists. They get the same amount of blocks and one less steal than Texas. So in all the stats, Xavier... Plays outplays Texas, and Texas is heavily favored in this game. So Xavier has nothing to lose. They nobody thinks Xavier outside of Xavier fans are going to win. So that's the story on that one. I think Xavier will move on to the Elite Eight, and the final game I'll talk about Houston and Miami. Oh, I have a real troubling time with this one. I like Houston, and when they're on, they're on. They play well, but there have been times where they have shown that they they just they can screw it up. And that was against Memphis in their tournament championship game. They could have took that game and won it. And they just they just couldn't do it. And that's why I thought Memphis would be here. Because of the way they played Houston. For Miami, Miami was the best team in the ACC this year. Yeah. Record, hands down. They lost to Duke. And I thought Duke would be here too. Miami then beats Drake in the first round and beats Indiana in the second round. Indiana played poorly. I, mean, I thought Indiana would play a lot better than what they did against Miami. Miami shut them down. I am, however, going to go with the Cougars here. 
based off the fact that Houston has something to prove off of last year. They were good last year. Same with Alabama. They were good last year. They couldn't get it done last year. And I think this Houston team needs to win this game. They need to prove to everybody that they are worth being here. They cannot go out there playing bad and let Miami run all over them. If Houston loses this game, it's because of their screw-ups, not really because of what Miami can do. That's my personal opinion. That's our four picks for those games. Matt, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Honestly, I cannot believe that Houston is favored so much as they are in this game. Well, that's almost the reason I went with Miami. Because, like Xavier, for example, nobody thinks they're going to win. No. And Miami has nothing to lose, so that makes them the most dangerous opponent. It makes you a very dangerous... You're right. It makes them a very, very dangerous opponent. And it makes them a threat. Yeah. So overall... Miami could potentially win this game, but I just don't see it. I don't see how they're going to outplay Houston in this game. That's just my personal opinion. And back to what you said about Princeton earlier, you know, it'd be awesome to see him there. But Princeton has nothing to lose. But here's the bad, here's the bad part about it, right? Princeton has made it this far. And that's a feat itself. It really is. Creighton is going to realize that oh, this team is nobody to sleep on now. Exactly. You can't. You can't get down to this to this team. Like they beat Arizona, and everybody thought that was a fluke because Arizona screwed up, right? They beat Missouri, but Missouri was not a very good team. Nope. I didn't think Missouri was good at all. For them to come into this game against Creighton, it's going to be Creighton's show. And what I mean by that is they're going to know that Princeton's ready for this game. They're going to know that Princeton's going to run in with that mentality that we have nothing to lose. Yeah. And it actually kind of makes Creighton a little bit more dangerous. To it win does. because Creighton is going to have their backs up against the wall. And I believe if they play their style of ball and they just play their game, but they have to come out strong and fast. If they come out scoring, Creighton does quickly, Princeton's going to get too far behind, in my opinion. They're not going to catch him. No. Now, Princeton, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to see this. Yeah. What, what a an Ivy League school making this far. I mean, it's it's phenomenal for them. It really is. What a gift, man. That was a gift from the NCAA. I mean, just to see them here. Love March Madness. We both love it. We love to see this happen. So for us, talking about these four matchups, obviously we don't know the results of them when this show comes out. But whatever they are, congratulations to whoever wins those games. And everybody get ready for this Elite Eight matchup these next two days. Going to be really something special. Anything else, Matt? That's it, man. Thank you for tuning in to Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. I'm Cameron Tracewell, and this is Matt. We will be on here next Saturday. Talk a little bit about Final Four, man. Final Four is coming. Can you believe it's already here? I mean, that nuts. And then we got, you know, a little. we're going to bring in Final Four, but we're also going to talk about a little bit of Major League Baseball next week. Since it is a big time, it's going to be a big time talk. Yeah, and I'm I'm getting pumped for baseball. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.